This is Jessica. And this is Kelly. And this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. Hi, welcome to our book club, Why We Sleep, part two. Yes. Today, Kelly and I are going to focus on solutions on how you can reduce your stress and how you can improve your sleep. Hey, Kelly, how's it going today? Great, Jess. How are you? I'm excited to talk about today's topic. I know you and I like solutions. I feel like part one of the book club was very heavy because it's like, if you don't sleep, you will die. (laughs) It's very scary. So today we want to look at how we can fix that and live longer. As everyone knows, we love longevity. I think like, I think first, before we get into the 12 strategies that Dr. Matthew Walker recommends, I think we wanted to also talk a little bit about stress how stress impacts sleep and how we can reduce stress. Yeah. You know, people under stress experience mental and physical symptoms, right? Irritability, anger, fatigue, muscle pain, digestive troubles, difficulty sleeping, and stress is a normal response our bodies have to change. And I think problems arise when our natural healthy stress response is activated over a prolonged period of time. And that causes physical and emotional wear and tear on our bodies um, because of stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol that are coursing through our bodies. Yep. And I know, Kelly, you had found a resource um, about being able to test your cortisol levels. Yeah. So, you know, stress, anxiety, sleep, all in a lot of ways, very interrelated. And I think as we also age, you know, our bodies change and our ability to process things and levels of chemicals all change too. And, um, you know, I think stress is one of those, you hear a lot more language nowadays about chronic stress. And I think that as a middle-aged person, a lot of people experience chronic stress and they don't realize that. And as you hit what I believe is like the 40, 50s mark, it actually starts to um, have deteriorated components of your body so much that you start to see other other medical issues that I think um, are maybe caused underlyingly by stress. And this is based on, you know, just so several books I've read, articles I've read, but also I'm in no means an expert. I think the thing that I found very interesting, Justice, when we were doing this research was women just get shafted, I feel like, on medical research in general. And they don't really talk about women as much, or there's not a lot of studies about women and stress. There was a lot of studies about men and stress, which yeah, is kind that's of that's been yes. proven. That's been proven. Yeah. Like medical science is definitely not addressing women, minorities, for sure. So going back to your question, though, um, when I first started to kind of think about how to optimize my health, one of the issues that I noticed I had was I was waking in the middle of the night and I Googled it. And a lot of the things say, if you're a woman and you're waking in the middle of the night, you have a thyroid problem. And I went to my regular doctor and she tested all my regular levels and everything was fine. And I didn't have any specific thyroid issues. And she was like, everything's fine. You know, sorry. 
kind of thing. Right. And sometimes it was, you know, if I drink alcohol, it screws up the sleep, which we talked about the last time. Anyway. So when I started seeing a functional doctor, um, one of the first things that my doctor, Dr. Butler did was he tested my cortisol levels. It was one of the early tests. And so that's a, a test you have to take. You have to like spit into a tube six times throughout a day. So you had to pick a day that you have like average stress and then you do it because it's really about, and it goes back to the sleep book, why we sleep, which is that your body is producing cortisol is the inverse of melatonin. Cortisol wakes you, melatonin helps you sleep. And so um, people who struggle from a lot of stress might have an overproduction of cortisol. And so what happens is when cortisol is supposed to be going down, it actually goes up. And so I, I had the cortisol test and what it showed was my cortisol levels continue to stay high at 10 PM instead of really reduce. And that's when melatonin starts to be produced to have you sleep. And so I didn't wake up in the middle of the night to do any spitting. I did like, I don't know, it was like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. And then you woke up in like a 5 a.m. thing. But it was very interesting. And it um, it proved that I had some issues with my cortisol function. And that's not something my regular doctor would have shown. Yeah. And I also worked with a, a functional uh, dietitian and we talked about it. Most people's cortisol levels peak in the evening. I did not do all of the testing, but we kind of made an assumption to see how that would work. And then I um, started taking a cortisol manager, which we discussed with Mary because as ashwagandha. Yes. And now I take ashwagandha throughout the day, two in the morning, two in the evening. Um, because like you said, um, when we are chronically stressed, right? So fight, flight, or freeze, our body produces adrenaline, cortisol to wake us up, get us prepared to address some event to keep us safe, right? To keep us alive and to keep us safe. But that is not meant to be pumped through our body for a prolonged period. And then, like you said, causing all kinds of health issues. I know for sure, long-term stress um, reduces, um, you know, decreases your immunity, right? It mm -hmm. kills your immune system. It can kill your gut health. Um, and like we've talked before with Mary about the connection of the vagus nerve, you know, the gut brain connection. Um, and then also um, heart disease, right? Can cause high blood pressure. Um, just all of these things that are coming yeah. from long-term chronic prolonged stress. Yep. And I always like to check, you know, as a cognitive behavioral therapist, I love my scales of one to 10, right? And so it's like, what's your stress level on a scale of one to 10 and monitoring that, you know, and, and knowing what that is for you. And when it's over five, over seven on a consistent basis, stress is probably negatively impacting your body and impacting your sleep as well. Um, so let's kind of look at ways to reduce stress, Cal. What we have six strategies, one obviously being sleep where we're going to dive into to Matthew Walker's recommendations. Um, but let's look, let's focus at the first five. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one being exercise. Yeah. Exercise lowers cortisol levels. Yep. And it doesn't have to be intense exercise. It's something that's just getting your heart pumping and getting out there moving. Um, you know, even as little as 10, 20 minutes a day, I think it's like a dedicated, it's kind of like a mindfulness thing. Um, just getting out, getting outside, getting away and moving your body. Yeah. Any form of exercise can relieve stress and boost your mood. And 
it does boost your energy levels too, which is so weird. Um, I was feeling very tired on Saturday and um, my husband, Brian is a huge walker. He tries to get 10,000 steps a day. He's trying to do it for one year straight. He's on like day 270 right now. And good for him. I was sometimes our, our time together is um, walking together and I was really tired and not feeling it, but I forced myself to do it. And I noticed it was literally like, do I lay down and take a nap or do I go out and go for a walk? And I went for the walk and I was noticing after like five-ish minutes that I was like, wow, I'm actually feeling better already. I feel like I have more energy. Yeah, absolutely. I I like, and I'm a morning exercise person and I do think we have to be careful. I know we'll get into that with the tips, but of exercising too late in the day, that could um, impact your sleep. Yes. Um, but for sure, I like to, I like to have that time in the morning. I'm a big walker as well. Um, I have a flat tire on my bike right now and I need help getting it off so I can get biking. What is up with you and these flat tires on this fancy electric know. bike? Well, I'm crazy. I just, am just biking like crazy. I'm like, I can, I can drive over that situation. <laughs> I don't know if it's off-roading for me or what, but yeah, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm doing. I clearly, um, going places maybe my bike isn't okay to go but anyway um and then i think so we you know we talk about exercise yes we all know exercise is great but it's like you said we've talked before listen to your knowing and do something you enjoy follow your joy right if you hate going to the gym don't go to the gym right find something that you can do that um gets your heart pumping like you said kelly as little as 10 minutes um knowing that it's going to create all of these um wonderful benefits um also deep breathing deep breathing boosts our immune system yeah i mean it is it is another thing that is it's a free activity it's an easy way to you don't need a gym membership you don't need any equipment you can just sit with yourself and breathe and it has tremendous tremendous benefits I notice on the days that I do, we do our meditation and breathing um, sessions that I sleep better. Stress and anxiety to me go hand in hand. And I just notice so much about those breathing exercises, even if it's for five or 10 minutes can make a big difference. And we talk about like, moving, moving the diaphragm or like I talk about belly breathing and I used to do this thing with kids, right? So it's like when you're breathing in, you want your belly to feel really big. And then when you're breathing out, you want your tummy to be really skinny, thinking of your belly button to your spine, breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth. And so with kids, I would do this thing where it's like when you're breathing in, you, you spell your name, right? Breathing in J breathing out E and then I spell my first name. And if you're still really feeling stressed, spell your last name. And if you're still feeling really stressed, spell your mom's name and your dad's name and like keep doing that and seeing if that kind of helps you. So that's something you can do too, right? Is just focusing on the belly breathing and trying to count. There's square breathing where you're like breathing in for the count of four, holding for the count of four, breathing out for the count of four, holding for the count of four, change that. It could be five, it could be six, whatever. They're all different ways that we can do breathing. And so kind of play with that and find what could be helpful for you. Cool. Also, my one last thing, I'm going to try not to say vagus nerve anymore after this, but deep breathing stimulates our vagus nerve, um, sending a message to our bodies that it's time to relax and de-stress. And that leads to long-term improvements in mood, pain management, well-being, and resilience. Good stuff. Tip the next. Yeah. Journaling. 
journaling helps keep our thoughts organized. For me, I started journaling a ton 2021. Um, now I utilize the legend planner. So it's not like major journaling like I was doing in 2021, but it's kind of like, what are my goals for the day? What am I looking forward to today? What are my goals for this week? How did this week go? Kind of a daily and weekly and monthly review of how things are going. When I'm going through a really stressful time, I just use the notes app on my iPhone and really write down my thoughts. Um, it helps to collect your thoughts, organize them, um, really get more clarity around what is eating at you. Um, and also, if your thoughts are irrational, writing them down makes you realize that maybe they're not not the best of thoughts. Um, but I think journaling is a great way to get things down. The other part too is I find that, um, you know, it's like you're taking it out of your brain. You're taking that mental load out of your mind and you're putting it down. So, and it's going somewhere that you can go back to if you need it, but you don't need to keep it in your head. I love the term brain dumping, which is kind of what you're talking mm -hmm. about, right? Just get it out of your dump it all out and see what's going on. I think for me for a long time before I started journaling, I would really cling to maybe feeling anger. And then if I were really kind of journaling and taking time to realize it, it allows time for self-reflection and be like, oh, really what's going on here is disappointment, right? So dumping it all out and kind of hashing out like what the heck is going on. And, and like I was saying, the way I've been doing it is kind of helping me with goal setting and goal achievement, um, being an Enneagram achiever, I guess I can't get away from that. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, the final one, which is a lifelong challenge of myself, is setting boundaries. <clears throat> Practicing saying no. Um, so the final one. Sorry. Oh. You also have talked to someone. Okay. Well, Just then it it's, there's one more surprise one. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, say number four and I'll, we'll cut it out, whatever. Setting. Okay. Number four is setting boundaries. Practice saying no. I'm a people pleaser and I have a hard time with that. I like to jump in um, to help out when there's a need and learning that sometimes I just can't take it all on. So an example is this summer, my son Wes got really involved with travel baseball. We were super busy. We were doing a lot of activities around our house in terms of construction projects. And also I took on some more um, responsibilities on the school board at my kid's school. And I started in a golf league and I joined a tennis league and I had tennis lessons. And we I got about a new business two weeks into that and started, yeah. And then we started our chasing brighter. So I got about two weeks in and I realized like, holy cow, I have taken on way too much and I am unhappy and I'm stressed out. Remember we would talk and I would just be like, it would take me a while to even get in the mood to have discussions on podcasts and things. So I said, no, I cut back my schedule. I removed myself from tennis. I let my golf partners know I'm going to be a loser and not make many of the golf outings and got my schedule back to a more manageable way. Um, it's hard for me to set boundaries, but you can always change, right? That's what I learned is I could always, I overcommitted, but I just kind of was able to back out where I found I could. Yeah. I, I think I've, um, been working on that for a long time. There was a time where I was the president of the P2 at my daughter's school and 
I feel like that made me into a psycho. I think at the same time, I was like the team mom for Dominic's team and I developed an eye twitch. <laughs> That's when I know I really when, they, when your eye starts twitching. It's like, oh, it's the eye twitch that like, that's what happens for me where I know, oh my gosh. And so I've been really good about not having the eye twitch for, for several years now. But I love practicing and I, I talk to clients about this. And this is also in that incredible book, Sensitive is the New Strong. But about like, you don't have to literally say no. I love helping clients say like, oh, let me get back to you. Let me check. Let me check my schedule. I'm not quite sure. Right. I have to think about that. There are little things that you can practice saying. You're not, again, literally saying no, but it gives you space between that people pleasing part of feeling like you have to give that person an answer and commit to it right then and there, but just giving some space on, I'm not quite sure, you know, and also, um, yeah, about, and also I think boundaries too, of not having to, you know, I know we'll get into that more, but not having to let everybody, not everyone has to know your business too. You can tell people, I don't want to talk about that right now, you know, um, setting time for yourself. That's non-negotiable. Um, putting time on the calendar, going to the gym or doing other things. And like you're saying, nobody needs to know your business, but you just know for yourself, that's your non-negotiable time. Yeah. Like I'm available. Oh, I'm not available Wednesday. You don't have to say, oh, I have Pilates or whatever. Right. Like that's not going to work for me. Um, also I encourage people all the time, like set your, set your boundaries with work, like leave at a certain time. I know we talked about that a little bit with like quiet quitting, but like you have a schedule, you stick to it, set that boundary. I go to work at this time. I leave at this time. I think also when you find yourself in uncomfortable situations that you might find triggering and adding stress to walk away this weekend, my son was had a soccer game and there was this lady who was like really, really upset about her son who was playing for the other team that he wasn't playing because he didn't have some paperwork or something from school. And she was like really irate and she was talking to a friend and it was right next to me. And as you know, people are really upset and yelling, Just It's very triggering for me. It just starts, I can just feel my anxiety and stress start to go up. So I just got up and I walked away. Um, I removed myself from listening to her. My husband, Brian still sat there and was not a bothered him as much, but for me, I felt it inside and I knew I needed to like get out of that situation. Yeah. I think that happens a lot when your kids are playing in an organized activity, there can be some crazy parents. Um, I bring a book, I bring my AirPods and, um, if I can't physically get up and walk away, I'll just start reading a book and check out, you know, that. Yeah. I think way. that's what Brian was like on his phone doing the death scroll of news or something. Um, just to yeah. kind of check out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we'll get to a little bit, but there are boundaries we're going to talk about with bedtime about, you know, turning off screens before bed. Have you heard of a three, two, one thing I don't no, know on that? a TikTok or what the kids are talking about it. Dominic's really funny. He's been saying that, um, that he's waking up at night. And so we've been talking a lot about different strategies to help him not wake up in the middle of the night. And so it's like, oh, I see 10, three, two, one, but like 10 hours before bed, no more caffeine, three hours before bed, no food or alcohol, two hours before bed, no more work. Right. And then there's like one hour before bed, um, you know, no screens. 
Um, no, that was, well, maybe that is the one I thought he said was like three, one hour before bed. Oh yeah. Reduce electronics. Um, cause a, a blue light. So that's one of them. He was looking at a different one. He's so funny. Last night he was like, <laughs> he was like, I'm, I'm doing the three, two, one. Cause I was like, let's start getting winding down. And I had, had everybody turn off screens and he had a handful of peanut m and he's like, I'm reading three, two, one. And it was like, I'm like, what's two is like no food. And he's like, I'm like, really Dominic eating your eating the peanut m&ms as he's like reading and i'm like okay um well sugar yeah. is a big thing not to have before bed yeah yeah so funny. the peanut m&ms might not have been the best choice for him well yeah i mean uh i'm not on my kids 24 7 and did not see him getting handfuls of candy at that time <laughs> that's what we kind of talked about i was like bud um you know so it's funny so i guess we'll kind of see and then talk about that about and I, i've been trying really hard and i'm trying to have a hard cutoff on drinking um so i'm not getting up to go to the bathroom and i'm messing with like what that time is for yeah. me um but i think you can develop your own um 10 3 2 1 like, i like the 10 hours before bed no caffeine or whatever but like your own 3 2 1 thing like i talked to people we talk about we in in mental health we kind of say sleep hygiene um yeah, but kind of what what that looks like for you like um and then your body knows like every night i go and lock all the doors at this time i go and brush my teeth at this time and you're setting all of these cues to your body um, yeah and we're going to get to those sleep tips too sorry. which will be really helpful so you should come back to that yeah. um you know the last item on stress which i think is one of the best ones is to talk to someone hmm. you know making sure that you have um the support you need but a lot of my research on sleep and I was looking for people to tell me what supplements to do or all those other things, which I feel like um, are newer, newer ways that are, um, you know, safe and healthy to do. But one of the ones that's like a tried and true um, managing of stress is talking to talking to someone. Yeah. Um, and Jesse, are you a cognitive behavioral therapist? I am. I am. I think, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is kind of the gold standard for treating so many yeah. mental health issues because right. Cognitive, we're talking about the brain behavioral, the behavioral component, right? So kind of addressing your distortions and what's swirling around. I see. So it was so intuitive for me as a therapist before finding the research to back that up, that sleep is a critically important because maybe it's because I had babies and was sleepless and felt like a crazy person. I don't know how you were with newborns, but I remember in the night waking up feeling like I was insane. And in the morning, just knowing how sleep deprivation impacted me that, it, you know, I put that together like, Oh, well, if I feel crazy, <clears throat> not getting a lot of sleep, I bet a lot of people do. So let's address that first, because I think that impacts mental health. You know, yeah. it's a critical component of that. And and so and and then I, I talked to so many people um who 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 say they have insomnia or their struggle or they're like they're like my brain is swirling. I can't wind down. As soon as I close my eyes, I stay busy all day and then my mind starts swirling with all the things I have to do and I'm super stressed out. And so well and strategies. To yeah. And so I think talking to somebody who the the point of you know, talking to a therapist or a mental health expert is they give you tools to help you. What do you need help on? You want to learn to sleep better, understanding the full picture, right? And helping them 
with different tools that, you know, you always throw out different techniques or breathing and all, all of these things are great things that people can try and figure out what is going to work for them and help them have better, you know, reduce stress, um, and better sleeping habits. Yeah. And I think of therapy, um, as, uh, as you go through the life cycle, just someone outside a non-judgmental person in your life, outside of everything, unbiased, that can kind of help you process through things. Exactly. I like that tip. I'm glad you, you threw that one in there. It's like the, it's one of the, I mean, first, honestly, for stress, every, if people are stressed out, I, I feel like they should, um, you need to Better learn how to cope with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially when exercise and all the other things aren't enough. Yeah. Um, there's an underlying issue or problem or something that you need some help. With. Like you're saying, being recognized, recognizing that you're being triggered when people are yelling and maybe you've learned that insight, right. By doing the work. I did not realize that I had anxiety. Like I would say, I didn't know I really had anxiety until I went to a therapist and realized that I had anxiety and yeah. figured out ways to, at, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not like I'm fixed. It's a, it's work along the way, but I now regular, I, I recognize when I'm feeling it. Like I start to well, get like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I, I can't tell you the number of people that have told me oh, just over my years as a therapist, like, Oh, my childhood was great. And then we go through the childhood and I'm like, that's like what you're telling me is not okay. And I'm the first person that's ever like, that wasn't okay. Um, and then we can look at that through a different lens. And then that, you know, there's something about self-reflection and learning about yourself that, that helps improve your mental health and quality of life. Just under being able to understand your past and, and be able to under, you know, wrap your brain around that and, and know that, um, yeah, just finding out uh, what I want to say, like self-knowledge, self-discovery, there's something about that, that helps improve the now understanding the past. You know, um, so let's get into Dr. Walker's sleep tips. Number one, stick to a schedule. Try to go to bed and wake up the same time every day. Yeah. And I think that that is something that um, any of us who have school age kids, we know that we're getting up at a certain time every day because our kids need to get to school or we work nine to five, you have a schedule that you get up every day during the week. The bedtime is the hygiene part. That is really something that I think takes some effort is you need to like put yourself to bed. Um, you, especially as parents, you want to stay up late. It's your me time. It's the time you can watch whatever shows you want. You don't have to have any other responsibilities. And and unfortunately, sleep loses out on that. And I think that's an important thing to think about is how to how to make sleep a priority too. Like giving yourself, I know I'm kind of hopping around, but I think that really ties in with his tip of relax before bed. So don't overschedule your day. So there's no time left for unwinding and a relaxing activity, you know, would not include a screen, yeah. right? Reading, um, listening to music. Um, and, and then another tip he has, a third tip is like taking a hot bath. Yeah. Um, because the drop in body temperature um, helps you feel sleepy. So those are three tips right off the bat um, that can really help improve your sleep. And um, I think tied to that, which is, you know, having a dark, cool room um, that's gadget free. Right. So and and not 
not having a lot of, you know, it, talking about screen time, but just gadgets in general. Um, and then one of the other tips was not lying in bed awake. So if you're in a dark room and it's cool, but you're sitting there with your phone reading things, um, you know, I think you want to put the dimmer on the phone, right? There's a lot of apps where you can filter out the light. Um, if you read off your phone, you can do that, but just making sure that um, you're, you aren't like taking in too much blue light either, I guess. Well, but also not lying awake as far as like going to sleep. And then if you feel like yourself tossing and turning, don't continue tossing and turning, get up, get out of bed, go to another calming, relaxing activity, and then come back to it. So your body doesn't associate bed with tossing and turning and insomnia as well, you know? Um, and then we talked about that a little bit, but like exercise is great, but not too late in the day. Um, yeah. so try not to exercise, you know, two to three hours before bedtime, like, um, yeah, no. Yeah. If that makes sense. And then, uh, avoiding caffeine we talked about. Yeah. And I think, um, and nicotine, if you're a smoker, um, I think the caffeine piece is, you know, part of what we want people to know is to learn their bodies. You know, if you don't know if caffeine's bothering you or not, you know, start, you know, drink your last cup at 10 a.m. And if you still feel like you're sleeping okay, drink your last cup at noon. If you want to be able to drink coffee throughout the day, experiment and figure out like what works for you. Yeah. I know that I can't metabolize caffeine that well. And I know I, I basically drink caffeine before noon, but most of the time before 10. And I also just limit my consumption of caffeine. So... I went off caffeine recently for about 40 days and then I felt like life was not worth living without a cup of coffee. Um, and so Amen, I sister. That. thank you. But I just have like an Americano, which is about like four ounces of coffee, maybe three or four ounces of yeah. coffee yeah. with water. Um, and I have that about 7am. And so it's a good 14 hours before I go to bed. Um, and then also kind of avoiding alcohol. Some people say, oh, alcohol helps me relax, but it can rob you of that really good quality REM sleep and keep you in light sleep. Yeah. And also, you know, heavy alcohol ingestion um, can contribute to impairment in breathing at night. So that really impacts your sleep quality. So we're not saying, hey, don't do any of those things ever. But if you're saying, hey, I don't sleep very well, then maybe explore alcohol consumption and caffeine consumption, you know, same thing, avoiding large meals and beverages yep. at night as well. Yeah. I mean, if you drink a lot of liquid before bed, you're going to be up peeing in the night and that's going to disrupt your sleep. So yeah. I remember when I was on paleo, it was, um, let's say you go to bed at nine or 10 o'clock that you should basically start limiting your liquid intake, um, an hour to two hours before bed. Yeah. Yeah. And um, avoiding medicines that can delay or disrupt sleep. So kind of just looking at your medications, some commonly prescribed heart or blood pressure medication or asthma medication um, sometimes disrupt sleep patterns. So kind of explore yeah. when to take your medication. Yeah. This next one makes so much sense to me. I tell people all the time, like, don't take naps after three. Naps, you know, may feel like you're making up for lost sleep, but it can make it harder for you to fall asleep. Yep. And I think, you know, finally, the last one of the 12 is having the right sunlight exposure. You know, daylight yeah. is key to regulating our circadian rhythm and regulating our sleep patterns. So try to get outside in natural light. He recommends at least 30 minutes a day. 
and try to wake up to the sun, which I do not because I need to have my room very, very dark and cool. So I, well, I have they, they need to ban daylight savings time. And I think it would be better for everybody. Um, by the way, there's that light. A lot of my clients have, I haven't tried yet. Have you heard about that light that just, <clears throat> it's slowly like it, it mimics the sunlight and slowly yeah. gets brighter and brighter and brighter in your room to wake you up. So that would be something to explore, yeah. you know, but I think, um, just to kind of summarize what we've been talking about, explore your reducing stress. Number one, right? We gave you a lot of great tips on reducing stress and then very specifically 12 tips on how to improve your sleep at night. And if you want to know more about it, check out our blog post. Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, ChasingBrighter.com. 